This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival and Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation. I'm John, Kevin as well here. He's back. Yeah. He had a good time from what I can tell and I'm green, (laughs) green with envy. I had a great time. Great time. Yeah, that's what you get to do when you choose the profession of saving and helping people's quality of life in their time of need as a (laughs) firefighter. So then you get to take a few days off and relax. Yes. Time off is one of the nice benefits for sure. What happens when you come back from a month off? Uh, You get your ass kicked, (laughs) as I did yesterday. (laughs) It's like 17 (laughs) calls in five hours. I don't know. Yeah, 17 calls in 24 hours. Oh, man. Did you get any sleep last night? Uh, Two and a half hours, three hours maybe. Yeah. See what I mean? Like you just earned it. Yeah, yeah. And by that I mean... You had a great time surfing lots of waves near Byron Bay, let's say. It was worth it, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My my month in Australia was definitely, I'll trade that for 17 calls in hey, a day. and just bookend it with a little, you know, Santa Barbara, the islands, yeah, no know, big deal. little islands run. Yeah. No big deal. Oh, my God. NBD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, while you were down there, you had the distinct pleasure of speaking with somebody that we have known intimately with four projects in the festival, I think. I did, yeah. It was I was really excited to meet uh, filmmaker Nathan Oldfield uh, down in Byron Bay, and my time with him did not disappoint. Um, but quick segue, speaking of filmmakers. Yeah, well, Taylor Steele's coming. And anybody who is interested in checking out this residency we have with Taylor Steele, it's a week long. It starts on Sunday. You arrive, and then on Monday you'll dive right into – uh, a few hours a day of discussing how to make better documentary films, whether surfing is involved or not. Yeah. So you have the option to workshop something with Taylor and the other people in the workshop. You can, uh, you know, get personal advice. You can be a complete beginner and experience what will be the, you know, the career at your start uh, with Taylor Steele, which is a heck of a way to start. It's a good way to network. I mean, I think I want to be a filmmaker and, and I think I want, <laughs> I think I, I want to take it. <laughs> I know. Depending on your, your angle and motivation, uh, just sitting there and listening, listening to Taylor talk might be a uh, reason enough to attend. Yeah. I mean, just to get to spend a week with Taylor Steele and, um, and it was funny cause coincidentally I ran into Taylor, uh, down in Australia yeah, he's there um, for a month too, right? I believe so, yeah. But uh, yeah, big Easter badminton 
tournament at uh, Dave and Lauren's house. Nice. That would be Rostovich and Hill. Yes. Yes. Lauren, one of our uh, board members. Right. And uh, Quiet Dave didn't want to join us on the podcast, probably. No, nah, he wasn't feeling too good. He had his oh, back was oh, injured, okay. and so he was just yeah. yeah we're not going to mess with him. On he was trip. just cruising. Right, I will get him on here someday. Yeah, um, Lauren. But, Lauren's been on, and it was a great episode. If anybody yep. wants to check it out, but Taylor Steele's coming, and uh, the deadline ends on May sixth. We'll do a quick turnaround for anybody who applies for financial aid. We'll make those decisions by the eleventh and uh, or tenth, rather, and let you know who will be attending the uh, June 11th through the 16th residency. Uh, John and I will be on site along with one of our trustees and former ACA co-executive director, Jim Frost, will be helping us out that week, run the uh, the seamless residency as well as the festival on the 16th and 17th, which is always Father's Day weekend. And we've got some really good uh, short films lined up for this one. Yep. Um, I think... Uh, so Friday night, Taylor might show some work yes. and we're working on figuring what that's going to be. Yeah. We'll have an announcement soon on that. Um, so be looking for that, but, um, yeah. but yeah, back, back to my time in Byron Bay with Nathan. Oldfield. Oh, shut up. I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> uh, we did have a nice chat. I was on zoom. So hopefully the audio comes in nice. Yeah, no, it was great. I, um, I was really fortunate. I got to spend the day with yeah. Nathan. Basically we met in the morning. Uh, we surfed this beautiful empty beach break at Seven Mile and then uh, went to his house and uh, met his family, um, his children, his wife. His wife's just lovely, just yeah. fed me and made me cups of tea. And he's just as lovely a man as you would expect from his films. Like, yeah. it's just awesome. Us yeah. surfers know how to sponge like the best of them, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Just show up and take, oh, you want to give me some hospitality? Yeah. No problem. We'll take it. No, I love it, man. That's cool. That's how we would do it if he were here, and that's how we do do it when hopefully people think that when they come here, we, we treat them like king. So I can't wait to get back, not back, but there for the first time someday. Uh, you've inspired me, and I can't wait to go. Yeah. Um, but let's listen to Nathan talk about it, right? It's amazing, yeah. And, and his career. Yeah, we, we he's got a new project coming, so hopefully we'll finally get him here to Florida to the festival. Um, but either way, we'll look forward to what he's working on. And yeah, enjoy our chat with Nathan. Oldfield, who's a filmmaker uh, from the early days of our festival, right, John? Yeah, se- second year, I believe, is when we showed The Heart and the Sea. Um, That's right. That would have been 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around then, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud owner of that on uh, Apple iTunes, or I bought it on you know iTunes at the time. And uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I got you. guests over, we're doing cookout or whatever, I usually put that on in the background and, and let it go, and you know, just so beautiful. And I, I really wish Heart um or the church of church of the open sorry sky. open sky was um on itunes as well have you migrated that to itunes yeah, yet? yeah it's there yep okay now i can go get it because i remember for a while it was only vimeo right yeah that's right yeah i was trying to it's t- it's a t- sort of tough landscape to be a surf filmmaker so if you can control it and cut out the middleman distributor for a while it's good but um, yeah that's why I just held on to it for a little while and 
eventually you just let it go. Right. Well, I'm buying Church of the Open Sky as we talk to you guys. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then what was the third? I think it was a short about, was it a it short was. about Derek Hind? Um, no, I haven't done anything with Derek. Um, it might have been, was it Dave? Gathering? Shot around oh, yeah. 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 Gathering. That's it. Yep. Yeah. That was quite a while ago now. That's um, nearly 10 years ago we made that. Yeah. Uh, maybe Sia, is it? Yeah, yep. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've done. So maybe we've shown four. Yeah. I have to make another one, keep the ball rolling. So four, four for four on submissions and uh, acceptance. So yep. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing it, but it's probably pretty good odds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could just get a polite email. Thank you for <laughs> submitting your film. <laughs> Here, here's our notes. Get a, get a, <laughs> uh, a note, uh, yeah, like encouragement letter. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep up the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been a great, a great admirer of your uh, sensibility as a filmmaker. It's not too often we get folks like you that come through with the ability to craft unreal music, and I believe you've won an award for from us actually for Church of the Open Sky soundtrack. And then, but also the images, man. Obviously, you're somebody who cares and loves what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, it's funny when I get that kind of feedback because um, really I feel like when, you, when you're making pictures, you know, God creates the magic and you just kind of collect it. It's like... Um, it's like being a butterfly collector and someone going, "Wow, you make you know you make the nicest butterflies," and you're like, "Well, I just kind of <laughs> I just wave the net around and and um, pin them to the board." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but thanks, I appreciate the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, when did you get started in all this uh, early on? Uh, a good sort of twenty plus years ago. Um, I've always taken photos since I was a little kid and not so much surf photos because I couldn't bring myself to stand on the beach when the surf was cooking. Mm-hmm. And then a friend got a video camera and they, they became a lot cheaper kind of, you know, 25 years ago. And we used to swap out, do half hour shifts on the beach and sort of rotate. And then um, my friends weren't very good at it. <laughs> their tripod yeah. work was terrible and you know the horizon would be crooked and right and i'm a little bit of a perfectionist so i'd run in and straighten you know get it sorted and um then i kind of found myself being behind the camera more than they did and uh it's also kind of why i I've, when i first started i was just shooting um logging longboarding um because no one was willing to stand on the beach when it was proper surf. Yeah. Right. And when it was a sort of little loggy days, we'd goof around. And, and yeah, that's kind of how it started. Purely, how old were you? Purely by accident. Uh, I was about 23, 25 maybe. Yeah. Nice. Did you go to university for any kind of formal yeah. education at all? Yeah, yeah. I went to university to become a primary school teacher elementary school teacher you'd call it over there and yeah. um but i've never done any study any training 
to do with filmmaking. It's all just nice. self-taught, kind of wing it, fake it till you make it. I really find that uh, most of the folks that we talk to, um, at least in the surf world, yeah. are almost all self-taught. Hang on, guys. No worries. Yeah, I'm recording, buddy. No <laughs> That's definitely staying in. <laughs> yeah. Fro- was that Frosty? Sure. No, it was Jim Haas. He's like oh, our gotcha. caretaker here at Atlantic Surf for the Arts. Gotcha. gotcha. He got his name. He got his. He got his mentioned name mentioned on the podcast. How about that? Yeah. yeah there Jim. you go. We'll take it out of his paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But, but no, as I was saying, like most of the folks in, it seems like in the surf filmmaking and cinematography world, most of the folks. Um, are self-taught. Mm, yes. Yeah, I reckon you're sort of spot on there. I think um, I think it's also that sort of DIY culture in surfing. Like, you know, I've been fixing dings since I was 10 years old and making surfboards since I was sort of 14 years old and, and um, it was sort of part of a surfing life just to be engaged on every level, you know, and... The next step, naturally, for me, because I like playing around with cameras, was to shoot photos and and then, as the tech became more available, you know, edit movies. And then I think maybe crew um, men and women who are formally trained in filmmaking maybe. Um, Aim a little higher than surf films because there's <laughs> not a lot of money in it, yeah. and um, right, and they got to pay back their their university debt. Yeah, <laughs> I also want to point out that as a uh, as a crappy photographer myself, that's definitely a strategy when you're doing that thirty minute rotation. You're mm. like, if I do it really badly, then my friend who's kind of good at it will want to do it more and I'll get to surf more. Yep. That's the, <laughs> that's the secret. That's a full on strategy. <laughs> you, you might be sitting next to that guy right now. Yeah, Kev, yeah. Kev, Kevin's a very good photographer and really cool. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah. And you're sitting next to a guy who'll be like, ah, oh, I fucked it up. Sorry. I got to go back out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen John do a marathon days that uh even if i were in the best of shape would uh test my metal because i i've you know i've got uh a good memory of john at kandui actually for i think he was out for eight hours he'd go back to the boat get a drink a little uh you know what is it called pakari sweat yeah and then, uh, some pakari sweat and kick cat bar knock down a granola bar go back out and this is already i've got seven days under my belt and i've probably pulled a hamstring or a quad or something and (laughs) i'm on the boat i've got the camera and uh yeah i might have to like get a new camera john for our next trip i might be going in september by the way yeah no i i never thought for a second you weren't going all right that's what i like to hear yeah are you going to yeah yeah i'm gonna finally get back to kandui after um i've been working out there as a medic at kandui villas yep um for a number of years and then just covid you know shut it all down but finally putting a little trip together for September. Nice. Yeah. It's been since yeah. 2019, I think, since we've been out there. and Yeah. It's magic, that's for sure. Mm. Yes, it is. But um, as you said, Nathan, it's it has been a minute since your last film. Um, are you working on anything currently? Yeah, I've just... Um, I'm just coming off a major kind of house renovation extension. I feel like I've been renovating for 
25 years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the latest one was I went pretty deep and it's pretty much, I'm pretty much wrapping it up and then I'll have some more energy um, to get stuck into a film. Also, because of COVID, it was sort of really tricky. Couldn't do trips. Um, didn't have any photography or video work. So I really had to kind of dive deep back into teaching. Mm. And um, also had to prove to the bank that I had an income <laughs> so I could afford the ex- house extension. So it was just kind of real, yeah. real life boring things getting in the way. But um, I can feel like a space sort of opening up and hopefully opportunities opening up to, to get cracking on another film. I'm already moving a few little clips around on a timeline and um, going over some things that I've been collecting over the last few years but haven't got around to editing and mostly just doing lots of um, research on music, collecting music and got some stuff in the last couple of months that I'm really, really excited about. Music for me is really important and um, I have to kind of fall deep on a song to put it into a film. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I'm and it's a lot of work to find those songs. Like we can all we all have those songs, but being able to access them and afford them. Um, so there's a lot of work kind of finding ones that that are available and so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, it's not it's not the nineteen nineties anymore where bands would just let you use their song for free. Yeah, I've ha- happy for the exposure. Yeah, well actually Actually, that's kind of how I work because I don't have any budget because I don't make a lot of money. So I just sort of do shout-outs uh, on social media and and I'm lucky enough to kind of get inundated with lots of music and then it takes a long time to go through it and I make little playlists and then when I'm out and about, even when I'm shooting or bushwalking or whatever... I'll listen to something and like kind of let it grow on me and um but I've been really lucky in that way I haven't uh haven't had to pay for music not very often that's amazing Mm. Mm. um refresh my memory have you used any of Courtney Barnett's work in your movies no no okay I thought maybe I had heard one song in there um you hear me okay John everything good yeah yeah, I'm just getting a message. We're just going to silence oh, fair silence enough. notifications here. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, so I just uh, always wondered how that process worked for sort of filmmakers. And, of course, you have to clear it if you don't want them to run in any, like, iTunes issues down the road and Vimeo or whatever. And, yeah. Um, it's uh, encouraging to hear you making the extra effort to get – the artist recognized and obviously you have a lot of respect for them if you're including it in the movie. Mm. And yeah, it's always been a big uh, kind of fuzzy area for me. I'm pretty sure we've had a few films, if if not more than a few, that haven't cleared their music in mm. the festival possibly, but they sign off and say they do. Mm. Um, but it's, it's also like, well, I mean, we're showing it one or two times or something like that. Not even, but it it's, amazing to hear how that works for you creating the playlist getting new music you've probably sifted through three thousand songs to come up with 10 
for the uh, actual yeah. picture, right? Yeah, probably closer to ten thousand. Wow. Wow. But yeah, I think um, I've spoken to filmmakers before. I won't name them. I'm like, man, how did you get that Jimi Hendrix song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wow, that must have taken so much. Was it expensive? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. Just and being really elusive. Yeah. Just like, press hey, play. did you get permission for that? And they're like, nope. Yeah. And but you know, this is back in the day. But I feel like you know now with you know you couldn't put something on on Apple TV or like iTunes or whatever. The algorithm would spot you in a heartbeat, or you know distributors can't afford to have grey areas like that going on in film. So you've got everything needs to be above board. Um, what what's it's, ex- it's an exciting way to to kind of um, like you cannot like I can even off the top of my head I can think of a Jimi Hendrix song that I'd love to use you know but it's not right. it, it's 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 great to go for something that's completely fresh. People are like wow what, wow what's this band never heard of them you know and they. Have a little search, and yeah, um, it's great for me as a filmmaker with no budget, and it's great for emerging kind of talent. Yeah, get their work out there. I'm, I'm one of those people. I will sit with the phone and just be like, "Hey, you know, S I R. I won't say it now because it'll beep. But um, what song is this? Um, create playlist. So every time we have a uh, festival, I try to create like a fresh playlist of. Songs that have gotten to me over the last three months or so. And I'll be sitting down watching a surf movie or a show like High Maintenance on HBO. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was It's a really good three-season vignette style um, plot where like it's a half an hour long, but the first 15 minutes is focused on one of this guy's customers. And then the next 15 minutes will be on another one of his customers. And he's a weed dealer in Manhattan. So he (laughs) like rides his bike around and, um, and the music is just unreal. So that's one way of getting music. And that's been the case since early in the day with obviously Taylor Steele pushing out good punk music, but also uh, maybe like going back to performers, the performers like, you know, did not clear that music for sure, but Pink Floyd and Talking Heads and yeah. John Cougar Mellon Camp and a couple Aussie bands I've never heard of, but like that, that's been a thing where I've actually recorded the movie to a cassette tape and driven my car to the beach, getting amped to surf from the music in a movie. Oh yeah, we're of the same vintage. <laughs> I've done oh, that back nice. in the day. Yeah, set the set the tape recorder up. Next to the VCR, playing you know, early. Oh, in my Sunny Miller. Oh, films. exactly. Some yeah. some bro- Yeah, Ganga Jang. My yeah. my brother and I have. So we watched this movie called Adventures in Paradise. Scott Dietrich made it in yep. 1982, yep. and uh, it's got all kinds of really deep, like early 80s, like modern jazz kind of stuff going with some Hawaiian guitar in there too, and. <clears throat> we pulled off <clears throat> excuse me every track we could and uh remastered them took out all oh. the fuzz and in logic or whatever and and just kind of now i have them on a playlist so i can listen to them whenever i want awesome same with 
Yeah, same with uh, like talking heads from performers. This must be the place. Yeah. We like, yeah. I mean, you don't have to pull that off the movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I can remember doing that um, with uh, the Billabong movie Pump. Yep. Because they actually had some music in there that was never produced yeah. commercially. Unreleased. With, yep. uh, you know, Peter. Yep. Um, and he, you know, they they just did stuff specifically for the movie, and I would I would go looking for it, and yep. you know, you could find Mary's Danish, but it was hard to find Bill Lincoln and some of those guys. So yeah, you just record it, mm. record it off the television speaker, and yeah, throw it in the car. Yeah, um, and it's cool how uh, like the relationship between so films and music, how kind of intrinsic it is, and how deep it is. Um, you know, we were talking before about White Buffalo and yeah, um, Taylor Knox and Angari and yeah, and and how it, music's almost like you know when it's um it's almost like smell. You know when you you smell something, you can take you back thirty years. Yeah, so it that, is that song kicks in and and you you're in the car with your mates driving to the beach and and you're sixteen again. You know, yeah, so it's beautiful. It's funny when I first got here, um, and I, and for our listeners, I'm actually lucky enough to be sitting in Nathan's living room, in his beautifully renovated house, by the way, um, in Byron Bay, and Kevin's super happy for me, and um, but yeah, I'm here visiting my friend Joseph, and he and I, I flew into Sydney and then flew up to Ballina, and he picked me up at the Ballina airport, and we drove. I landed at like nine in the morning. We drove straight to the beach. The surf was fun, and on the way, he he pulled up and found the the Hoodoo Guru soundtrack from Beyond <laughs> Beyond Blazing oh, Boards, <laughs> and threw it in. And it same thing. It was like current current and Aki at bells, and yep. Aki doing that uh, that air, the slob air. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's right. which is funny because nobody ever talks about the fact that that was a slob air, like the grab. Yeah, everybody's so into the grabs now, and I'm like, that was a proper, you know, opposite hand. Nose yep. grab, slob air, um, just out of necessity. But so what's slob front hand, front toe side roll front hand? It's front front side air, and it's your front hand grabbing up by the nose. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't say that I've made many of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me neither. <laughs> I haven't even attempted no, any of those, but yeah. But it's just funny. I just like, you put that put that music on, and it's like I'm, I'm I can see the film. Yeah. in my head. Yeah. I'll just throw out a couple for you. So uh, Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians, uh, uh, that song that she got you know famous for. Yeah, what was what on? I, what I am. Yeah. What I am. Yeah, that was on. So Midnight Oil, the whole Diesel and Dust. Yeah. Album on repeat for me. Yeah. Uh, what else I got? Oh, out the outfield, play deep that album. Yep. Don't Remember that, that one? That I don't know that one. Cl- uh, that's a classic. Mary's Danish. Uh, do you want me to sing? You can't. Josie's on a vacation <laughs> far away. You know that one. <laughs> yeah. Come around and talk. You're That's not going to sing one. for us, are you, Larry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading all the Fletch books, by the way, John. Did I tell you? Oh, nice. I forgot to bring I one got, you gave me, of course. You did. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have like five of them. I'm in, I'm in like book three or something like that. It's nice. Anyway, that'd be a movie from your, from our era, Fletch. You ever seen that? <sighs> I can't. Oh, now I know what we're doing this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old are you, Nathan? Yeah. I'm 48. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, 40, really close. 49 yeah. this year, born in 74. Yeah. In the wheelhouse. I'm built born in 71. I'm 72. So, yeah. yeah, I'm an accountant. Yeah. I like to keep track of all these facts. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. For anybody that doesn't know, Kevin's an accountant. There, we, <laughs> yeah. we've we've, we've mentioned there. it. We've got it in episode complete. Yeah. <laughs> Done. What are you guys gonna have for dinner down there? Uh, are you gonna do anything local, fun? Is is Nathan a cook? <sighs> not really. No, I, I can yeah. cook, but it's not my gifting. My wife's a really good cook. She's, oh, there you go. She makes amazing curries, but it's still kind of bre- it's kind of brunch time. We've just had breakfast. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's true. All I can think about is food right now. You guys <laughs> haven't eaten all. <laughs> we're fourteen hours in the future, so I'll let you know how it goes. The future. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's cool. So Nathan, uh, you've got a, a few unbelievable classic projects, one awards at our festival, and you got something in the in the works um hard to stay on the beats and shoot as you said but you get access to like maybe some of the most beautiful surfers that obviously you appreciate the what they do otherwise you wouldn't film it but Mm. um is that uh usually a local thing or are you like you refer to taking trips to record this amazing footage if you can get away from the family yeah i i um I was thinking about this the other day. It's interesting, you know, after COVID, like I haven't been overseas since 2019. And um, when when COVID first kicked in and we're in sort of locking down locally, it was really lovely. Um, I live in a place where you get a lot of tourism and we didn't have any tourists and you'd paddle out and you knew that you were having surfs that you would never have again. Um, sometimes less than half a dozen people in the water, you knew everybody. All the beach car parks were closed, so, um, you know, you could park further away and walk in or whatever. Um, and it was there was something really beautiful just about staying local. Yeah, and um, I literally, and I'm a bit of a hermit. I'm a bit of a homebody. I've been taking John down to this back beach two mornings in a row, and I don't think he's coming. He's he's going to he's not going to answer his phone tomorrow because I'm definitely (laughs) sacrificing wave quality over having nice solo surfs with not another human in the water. Um, You're you're talking to the right guy here. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. But um, I've, and then at the same, as much as I've enjoyed kind of staying local, I'm just kind of getting itchy feet. And it's always a bit of a tension for me. I am a hermit, I am a homebody. And then I sort of have that little thing in my heart, like, oh, I want to shoot a new landscape. I want to see something new, different culture. And um, get out the door again. So they're all the kinds of things that I'm thinking about at the moment. And I've never been a big planner when it comes to making surf films. The first question I always get asked is, are you making another surf film? And I go, yeah. And then the next question, what's it about? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Surfing. (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of trips, uh, they 
because you know often it's swell related it can be real last minute mm-hmm. um and then i like to go to places i haven't been before to get fresh eyes on something and so i don't know what to expect and um like i remember when i was making church tom wagner was pestering me he's a really good friend he was pestering me you've got to come to Papua New Guinea it's amazing can't say that's ever been high on my list, but um, I kind of caved in. I thought, look, I'll just go for Tom. It'll be beautiful. We'll have a little trip together and how lovely will that be? And then the first afternoon that we were there, um, I got to shoot the opening sequence, what became the opening sequence of the film, like these little beautiful kids out, of, out along the edge of a jungle literally in the middle of nowhere, a long way away from electricity and let alone things like Wi-Fi and flat screen TVs and mm. asphalt, um, you know, bitumen roads and it was literally in the middle of nowhere and they're just playing on these um, little lumps of wood or, or palm fronds that they literally cut down off trees and their dads or uncles had shaped them with a machete on the beach, like we would wax up, they'd pull a palm frond down, cut it up, wow, um, like a pirate kind of sword fight <laughs> style, and hand it to the kid, and the kid had run out with it, and they're they're running over, really gnarly, um, sharp coral, completely barefoot, naked, and riding these waves on their bellies, and it was just like going back in time. And um, I remember, like, filming with tears streaming down my face, like, this is so beautiful. And so, and I and I knew even as it was happening, I'm like, I'll, I'll never get this. Even if I'm, I come back here tomorrow afternoon, I'll, I'll see the same thing, but the feelings won't quite be the same because it'll be familiar. Just the freshness of it, the newness, and then the kind of the timelessness of it. Um. It's really magic, but I, I didn't know that, uh, that I was going to have that experience before it happened, mm. you know. So when I I sort of tend to make movies like that, just wait and see and kind of keep keep my eyes open, keep my heart open and, 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 and see what happens. Mm. That's great. Who gives you the most frequent invites and who do you want to shoot the most that you might need to put yourself out there too. Um, the person I get to shoot with the most is my mate, Dave Rastovich. We're good friends. Um, he lives down the road. Um, he's godfather of my kids and uh, he's like a brother. And his beautiful wife, Lauren, she's like a sister and really close family friends. So I'm lucky I get to shoot with them a lot. Um I feel really blessed that I've got to shoot with a lot of people that I've wanted to shoot with over the years. And then there's some others that I haven't. <laughs> and uh, I'm a little bit shy. I'm not good at approaching people. But I definitely have, <laughs> you know, I have a kind of dream list. Yeah. Um, someone I, I've, I've, always, I've always wanted to shoot, Steph Gilmore. I think she's the most beautiful surfer 
on the planet. Um, there's people like Mikey February I'd love to shoot with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then, like I was saying, I feel really fortunate. I've got to shoot with people like Dave and um, Devin Howard and Tyron Martin and Linda Bags and, you know, Dane Peterson, a lot of people who are my, Tom Wagner, like a lot of people who are my favourite surfers. Um, but there's always someone like, oh. It's tricky though because um, I I, I kind of just like shooting people that I'm friends with. Yeah. I've, I'm not that kind of... Like I've got a friend, I've got friends who shoot um, like really good portrait portrait photographers have that gift of just approaching someone and um, making them feel, you know, keeping the vibe mellow and making them feel at home and getting the camera out and making really great portraits. And I have, I'm not kind of that guy who... If I meet someone like five minutes later, I'm not going, hey, can I take your portrait? I've just never kind of been like that. Um, so I, I really like to work with someone <coughs> out of relationship and um, that kind of mutual trust. And so, and then because I'm shy, I'm not very good at meeting people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Just, yeah. I just kind of keep filming the same people. Well, we'll just take. Yeah, that's great. We'll yeah. take this episode and we'll just forward it on to Steph and Mikey, and then there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Easy peasy. Well, that's a great list. Um, I was gonna say, Henry David Thoreau. I think the quote is, "My best friends have come unsought," mm. and you know that's kind of a nice little, uh, you know, just let it happen kind of a thing, and and that's kind of been your approach to uh, who you decide to film, and it's turned out really well obviously you. for you and then well i'm just you know like everybody looking forward to the next uh finished product when it's coming and it's always going to be well received here obviously pretty much everything you've done is shown at our festival so thank you thank you yeah i feel like too i wanted to ask you because your films definitely have um a different aesthetic to a lot of the films that are made um kind of an ethereal quality a lot of times there's definitely a connection uh between you and the surfers and then the surfers and the environment that they're in the culture that they're in um there's always a cultural aspect to your films um and and backstory do you do you think that that makes it more difficult um because you're not just you're not just rocking up to the beach to shoot action you're, you yeah. know, you're it's it's much more encompassing than that. And do you feel like that creates a whole other layer of difficulty for you versus a guy that's just going down to the beach trying to get the biggest air? Mm. Good point. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm kind of um, I I like telling stories, and they take a lot longer to 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 sort of kind of put together than just collecting clips. Um, and not to say that I, I'm kind of such a surf nerd. I can watch a straight surf edit of good clips and and it gets me excited. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of filmmakers out there who sort of shoot like that, that and they're really masterful lensmen and lenswomen. Um, but I'm sort of more interested in telling, using kind of surf films as a, like a vehicle for telling human stories. And they, that mm. does take longer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and because I'm, like I was saying before, I'm a bit shy and I don't kind of jam my lens into people's faces or people's business. <laughs> it sort of takes a while <laughs> to, get, to get the shots. Um, and sometimes even takes a while just, you know, spending with people to kind of unravel what the story might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it takes time. <clears throat> but then I think you put putting that time in can give the work a sort of timelessness it, it, it because, you know, human stories, are, are, um, there is a timelessness to them rather than clips where someone lands a crazy rotation where wow that was sick and you know yeah it, it burns out like a comet on instagram for 24 hours and yeah you never see it again yeah that is something uh, go ahead sorry uh and I, I was just for me the thing that kind of got me into filmmaking more well, one of the things was that kind of pursuit of making something that was outside of time um as a kid i wrote a, and i still do write write a lot of poems hmm. and i was really enchanted even as a little kid that you could read a poem where you could read someone's someone to put their heart down on a page mm-hmm. 800 years ago or a thousand years ago and it had somehow i was really interested in art whether it was poetry painting that 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 kind of that could transcend time and um they're the kinds of films i'm that i'd love to hopefully be able to make so yeah they take a long they they take a long time to put together but hopefully they're worth it that's a it's a little irony that it takes it takes a long time to create something that transcends time Mm. yeah yeah well, and as I get to know you just on this podcast, I feel like that's an extension of who you are. So these these are built out of your own, like John said, that at the real soft edge, um, the story's built in naturally, organically to the images as well as the music. Mm. And, you know, that makes for a piece that you can go back to and revisit whether you want to just listen to the music or whether you want to listen to Dave talk about that. Ford Wagoner made for him, mm-hmm. which was that thing like 11, 12 feet long? 16. 16, yeah, mm. a little off by a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, idea of uh, crafting something that you you personally feel is going to be timeless and not get tired of is a real, it's a reach. It's hard to do, I would imagine. Challenging. Yeah. Um. And you almost, because you're the creator, you don't get to be the judge of whether it is indeed timeless. You know, you're just aspiring yeah. to make something. Yeah. 
really I just want to make beautiful things. That's all it's ever been about. Good. And then the the strange thing is, I'm not sure what it's like for other filmmakers. Once you make a film, you kind of don't look at it again because you've spent so much time, especially on the edit, finessing and procrastinating and (laughs) (laughs) agonising over music choice and changing your mind ten times and um, all of that. And the, the the weird thing is... For me, I I make films that I want to watch, but then I, I never watch them. <laughs> I was gonna, I was actually going to ask you that, as um, like you were saying, you spend so much time in the editing process being critical of your work. Um, at some point, obviously, you do reach um, a completion point of some kind, um, enough so to package it up and and send it off to festivals and, and mm. hopefully distribute it and sell it to folks that want to see it. Um, for you personally, do you, do you get to a point where you are completely satisfied and say, I've done what I set out to do and now I'm finished? Or is it, is the reason you don't watch your own films because you still find yourself being critical of them? Curious. Mm. It's really, it's a good question. I, I, f- I, I feel, <laughs> I feel just absolute creative angst at every step <laughs> of the process. <laughs> There's very yeah. rarely satisfaction, um, and then you wonder why you're doing it in the first place. Mm. And I, w- I was watching a podcast, like a video podcast with John John, and he's talking about winning the world title and, the, and you know, the that big moment. And then waking up in the next morning and he was like, now what? Yeah. And every time I've made a film, it's I've had that sort of experience of when it's done, the tension of not even knowing if it's done, but... A lot of musicians will talk to you, talk about you never fi- you never finish an album, you just let it go, right? Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience of making films. You just, I'm not, it's, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And then it's like you got <laughs> deadlines, and you've you've booked the theater, and or you've yeah. the guy who's coming to help you make the DVDs coming next Wednesday, and you should have been finished last Wednesday, and all that stuff. Wow! And you just have to. Yeah, it's that sort of process of letting it go, and then, and then because I'm naturally shy, I've never really done big tours, ever. Like my film's been around the world at all these festivals. I've never, ever been um, on tour with any of my films. Okay. I'll do a, sh- a show on the Central Coast, just near Sydney, and I'll do a show up here, sort of for friends and family, and. And then, then I get the emails like, are you doing a show in Melbourne? Are you doing a show in Brisbane, Perth, you know, LA? And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's sort of, that, that sort of, the, the process of like getting it across the line is sort of so exhausting by the time it's time to tour. I'm kind of 
done. <laughs> well, yeah, and I've heard female um, artists, well, filmmakers, you know, talk about a book or a film that they worked on as kind of like giving birth in, in a way to that process. Getting it over the line is is it's exhausting, and after it's done, there is a feeling of I would I would imagine accomplishment. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Really back to your poetry analogy too. There's a uh, there's a quality of your work that really fits that more than documentary film or surf porn or it really fits into that poetry category kind of like I don't know if you ever saw a TV show on HBO, but David Simon did called Treme. It was about New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina and its recovery process and the music and the how the, you know, the police force was uh, forced to rethink how they police and all this, you know, just real deep, heavy topics. But it was so beautifully told and interwoven, almost maybe uh it's the word i'm impressionistic um but but not like full-on uh who's the guy that did tree of life um and uh anyway it's not that bad but i i I feel like treme as a tv show is more of a poem Mm. to new orleans and i feel the same way about your work it's a good analogy and Mm. you know when i put it on it sets the mood and it uh, it sets the feeling. So mm, that sounds great. I have to check that out. Um, yeah, that it's interesting too. That sort of creative angst that sort of along every step of the process is 
part of the process too. Mm-hmm. And um, learning to um, sit with the sit with the angst, you know. Instead yeah. of like instead of like, oh, if I just get to the next stage, the angst will go away because it doesn't, you know. And and then it's not actually about like John John was saying, it's not about winning the title. Like that destination. It's about finding the joy in waking up and going for a run or paddling out into that howling on shore surf just to keep your timing up and, you know, the 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 grind. Yeah, the more the process mm. than the achievement. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. John and I have experienced that too, where we've got a few moments where we're high fiving in the back of the theater. Because we got everybody out to see a great surf movie and people are shouting and yelling and it's yeah. a bit of a high. And, but, you know, the next day and uh, and all that, it's more of a journey. Yeah. Um, the, the little moments and having our community come out and see them in the water. I've met a ton of people in this community because of the festival that I would never have met and yep. the um, podcast too. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because sort of our cultures are all about, you know, sort of signposting. Um, yeah, those sort of landmark occasions, where actually the that, that the experience sometimes of those sort of milestone moments can be it was always very fleeting. And it can even leave you feeling a little bit empty-handed afterwards. And yeah. it really, it's the moments in between that are beautiful. And, yeah. And it's, well, I, yeah. that's the meaning, you know. A lot of the comics that I listen to, a lot of podcasts with Mark Maron or whoever, of comics that have made it up through the, the grind, they've all done their 10 years and they've all paid their dues and a lot of them fondly remember those early days where they're sleeping for to an apartment. And, uh, you know, of course it's hard and there's mm. some r- rough nights on the road that are terrible and food is horrible. And your roommates that you're stuck with at the condo in St. Louis is terrible. You know, it's just when, but when they look back on it, they're like, well, those were the good days before I had any worries about money and things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I love all that stuff. And, and that's cool to hear. It's, it seems like the movies that you and I and John were talking about, whether they make it on the air or not earlier in this podcast or earlier before we started recording, um, are the are the movies that like we remember the most because they were either digested at the right moment of our lives and, and when we were falling in love with surfing or when we were becoming addicted or just hard up and needed some sort of like release or, or escape from whatever daily job we were doing. Um, all of those imprint in a way mm. that are lasting. And and I think that's what you're talking about that your, your angst pays off in my satisfaction. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 And look, I think I had all those like surf films when I was a growing up were really meaningful they really were even some of those ones we're talking about that they were more the kind of surf porn style catalog of tricks style 
um, like Taylor's early films, you know, um, and you just you'd rewind it, rewind it, rewind it to you know study the technique and and um, and then there's other films that were meaningful for for different reasons, you know, like Morning of the Earth or. Um, but where, wherever they were, kind of across the the spectrum of the surf film genre, they 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 um had an impact on you. So I, mm. I I always sort of really valued them in that sense. I thought that's they're they're useful. So they're useless because we just put them on, and you know they don't serve a purpose, but then somehow they do. Yeah, they're meditative in a way too mm. these days with. For me, yeah, I, I I spend a lot of time watching. Not a lot, but I spend time when I have to prep. John and I will watch entries, and we'll watch movies that are sent to us by people that we know are going to be good, and we're gonna. And sometimes we get big budget projects that are like, oh, they really unfortunately missed the mark, and mm. uh, not our fans really aren't going to like us if we show them this, and mm. uh, it's not about getting their approval but we really try to curate this thing in a way that um scratches our own itch but also stuff that we know will provide a diversity of entertainment so you can't mm. like stick uh four surfborn films in a row with yep. you know so that kind of stuff but well yeah no i i think we could take this conversation to um to an even deeper spot but i i feel like we're getting within our little hour range here and I know John and I typically like to put people on the spot and say, do you have a good surf story for us? One of misfortune or fortune. Do you have anything where the wheels came off or the plane wasn't going to land right? And I don't know, you fell in love. I mean, who who knows? I mean, we, we like them all. I Coming f- of age I f- stories. I completely forgot that you guys asked this question. <laughs> I, haven't prepped, I haven't prepped anything. Um, Even better. We're good. We're good at editing too. Mm. Yeah, we can edit out long pauses. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a story. <sighs> John, fill some space for me, real quick. Tell me, as you've been in Australia now for a week and a half, you've been hitting different places to go surfing, none of which you have to really go into detail about. But how would you compare your experience on the coast over there to Cal- living in California for a while and uh, uh, without like building up the Australian tourism too much? What would you give me some lowdown? Yeah, for me, it's it's been um, there aren't many places, if anywhere on earth that I've been and I've been really fortunate to travel a bunch of places. Um, but I've, I've never been anywhere that had such a wave rich zone in terms of variety mm. in such a small amount of space. Mm. And, and it's funny cause I, I've grown up knowing a lot about some of these places mm. and a little about almost all of them. And I had no idea they were so close to each other. Mm. I had, you know, n- no idea that. You, you could go from Angary to Lennox to Byron to mm. the Gold Coast in a day. Mm. Arguably, you could get in the water at all of those places in one day. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I'm the opposite. You know, I grew up, like I've never been to California. <clears throat> and I grew up reading Steinbeck and Surfer Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and I've yeah. 
and I've got the geography so messed up. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I'll go, I I how far is that to, um, you know, Monterey? I'm like, oh, that's 11-hour drive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys were neighbours, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I felt – I very much have felt that way. Um, it's And the, the climate is much more similar to my home in Florida than mm. I thought that it would be. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but I just – I didn't it, – it is subtropical. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's warm. The water's warm. Um, Kevin, the sand, it's the same. They have that same sugar sand that we have. Uh, nice. Those beautiful white sandy beaches. Yeah, right. Now you ha- you do have the topography that we don't have. We don't have any hills or mountains or elevation. So in a way, what I have been because people have been asking me that question a lot since I got here. Mm-hmm. And if I had to say, I'd, I'd say it's like um, it's it's similar to Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. um, which I was fortunate enough to live and go to school there. Um, but it's like Santa Barbara with Hawaii's climate. Mm. Um, yeah, because it's it's tropical. You have these beautiful broadleaf tropical plants. There, every morning I get awoken by rainbow parakeets and white cockatoos yeah. and these tropical birds that we don't have in Florida. The only place I ever saw them was in a book or in a zoo, uh-huh. and they're just flying around wild. Yeah, and kookaburras just making the most knew, tremendous I, racket. I knew you were going to say it's not, it's not kookaburras, it's kookaburras. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All you seppos say kookaburras. <laughs> <laughs> we're the kooks. <laughs> no. Um, you do speak funny, though. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. It, sound, it sounds funny. You guys sound cool. I sound funny. <laughs> uh, I, it's funny because... You know, we're so used to American accents because of TV and films and stuff. And then when you hear an Aussie in an American show, for example, it's yeah. like, oh, no, do we sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny because I was up or down um, at Angari surfing mm. and there was a fair number of people out, but not a ton, like maybe 20, 25 people out on the whole point. And I was chatting to a guy and I felt somebody kind of paddling right up behind me. And it was Coco Ho. And she's like, I heard your funny American accent. And I just wanted to talk to somebody from America. <laughs> <laughs> and I was That's like, funny. oh, man, am I that identifiable? But yeah, I've, yes, yeah, you are. I reckon I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got lots of American friends and some of them. Their strategies in the lineups around here is just to not talk. It's a dead mm. giveaway that you. I have found myself <laughs> just clamming up quite mm-hmm. a bit. <laughs> Classic, right on. So, what do you got for us? Uh, oh, anything in the in the bank? Sounds We're gonna make a withdrawal today. I, I, I'm just. I need something a little more specific. Um, Prompt wise, yeah. How'd you meet your wife? I met my wife. We celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary last week. Whoa, that's Congrats. amazing, man. Yeah. And I've known her since I was 10 years old. Wow. No way. Yeah. Classic. Our families were friends and our parents were friends. And then we, I was best friends with her brother. And then... She came still still best friends with her brother. Yeah, he lives he lives in um he lives in China now. Oh wow. Um and 
then when I was 14 and she was 16, we started going to the same high school. Mm-hmm. Started going out. And that was 35 years ago. Wow. More. No, way more. I oh, know, about 35. Yeah, 35 yeah. years ago. Um, and then, you know, we had a little break. I went off to a different high school, university and stuff, and then we sort of came back together. So we've been together for a long time. Yeah, That's amazing, man. Was What's her name? Eliza. Oh, right on. All right. Yeah, we all call Eliza. She's the most beautiful woman in the universe. There you go. How about your kids? Well, how many you got? I got, um, I've got th- three three kids here at home and one in heaven. I've got a boy, Noah. He's 19. And then we had a little girl, Willow, who's, who um, we lost. Mm. And Sorry, man. she would be, um, she'd be 18 this year. And okay. then we've got a daughter, Blossom, who's... 17 this year and then a boy river who's 14 this year very good yeah wow so I'm ble- blessed man mm-hmm. yeah you are you've got a uh a clan there so and i guess you're out of the weeds when it comes to little kids at least you can actually hit the road if you have to for a couple of weeks or something yeah for sure yeah yeah it's a it's a really nice time actually to be a dad um my youngest one's my favorite surf buddy. And there you go. And he's just come into a new level of frothiness. Really? And yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, and, <laughs> and for years, I'm the one kind of dragging him out of bed in the dark to go for an early. <laughs> and now finally the switch has turned, which is really beautiful because um, I had the same experience with my dad. No, he, he re- that's he cool. He remembers when I started to wake him up for earlies and... Mm-hmm. And and for a long time I've been going to kind of spots that are a little bit more on the mellow small side and that now my boy's he's um he's duck diving and stoked yeah. and ready strong to, enough. Yeah, strong enough. So I can finally go to some back beaches and it's a really magical experience, you know, watching you grommet just fall in love with surfing. That's yeah. cool, man. So, how about this for for a better, a more specific prompt? Um, mm-hmm. Your most meaningful surf moment with River, if there mm. if there is one or a collection of them. It's why I struggled when you even when you've pitched that question to me five minutes ago. I feel like surfing is is um, when you've been doing it your whole life, like I've been doing it for more than forty years. You just, your heart kind of becomes like a library of memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's sort of nearly too beautiful to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Some of those memories that, um, and they don't have to be like an obvious hero moment. It can just be the little things. Um, Absolutely And so with Say with Surfing with River um, I remember tandeming With him On the front of A glider You know He's just laying down And helping to his feet 
your tandem together right. on little micro ankle highways. Yeah. And then every step of the journey, like pushing him in solo on little baby waves, and then it might not be a little white water. It might kind of back off a little bit and there's a little bit of green face and he starts to angle across it. <laughs> um, I remember hiking to a little special place I've got down the coast and um, it was a little bit bigger than I thought it would be when we got there. <laughs> and uh, he was young. It was like about four. He would have been about nine. And uh, I pushed him into one and, and I kind of looked over his shoulder as I did the dad push and looked down the <laughs> line. And you can see the kind of landscape of all that water opening up. Mm. And as soon as I pushed him, oh, what have I done? Because <laughs> you could just see <laughs> yeah. him draining out across the bank and standing up and uh, really sort of stretching out across the bank. Yeah. As soon as I pushed him, oh, what have I done? You know? And um, <laughs> the little guy kind of clambered to his feet and he was on a little twin pin and he just started to climb and drop like we call them doing roller coasters. Yeah. Know, bottom yeah. turn, bottom turn, top turn, kind of. But it was like as it as the wave cupped out and got suckier and and the further along he went and the faster he went, the the he, he the roller coasters just got deeper. Like he was driving off the bottom and then driving off the top. And he kinda got in, he got locked into this pattern where he couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and at, and at one point this little I'm just watching and it's like the th- and he's like little bits of spray coming off the back and I'm watching like and uh, at one point you just see this little brown face come up and he looks back at his dad in the middle of this turn and he's sort of incredulous and his eyes were like the size of dinner plates. Yeah. And, and um, just the stoke, you know. And I body oh, surfed yeah. in after him and and just the the just seeing the joy there and and recognizing that that uh, he's on his way, you know, and even like oh, yeah. it, it, and and like I was saying, it's that library of memories that you hold in your heart. Like even the other day, just watching him do a beautiful, perfectly executed duck dive, where if he'd messed it up, he would have got smoked. Yeah, he just mm. got, he just got under this one that was proper close out. And I was behind him, going, "Oh, how's this going to go?" And he just popped out clean, and he didn't even look. Wow. He didn't. He, and he just got to the stage where he didn't even look back. Like, did you see that one, Dad? That was heavy. It was like water off a duck's back. He's yeah. just paddling out, looking for the peak. I'm like, oh yeah, he's arrived. Yeah, he's bit, he's bitten. He's bitten. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing to be bitten by, you know? Yeah, yeah right. Uh, that's perfect story. That yeah. is so perfect, man. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, you know, going back to, it is the it is the process, it's not the destination, you know. Mm-hmm. It's those moments, it's not the world title. It's those, yeah, moments, I've got- those moments. It's not the f- completed film or the film awards or it's just being present to those beautiful you know, it's like the divinity of ordinary things, and yeah. um, and staying with that and recognizing them as they happen—that's the art, you know. Like we can, 
like talking about the comedian going, man, that went back when I lived in that chair house, they were the best years of my life, but I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or when you're a young dad and you're not getting in the water as much as you'd like to and there's nappies and car seats and a tired wife and the, all that crazy busyness and then it's 10, 15 years later and you went, they were the best years of my life. The, the art is learning right here right now these are the best days you know yeah kick kick the nostalgia aside sometimes and mm. live in this moment and but i do like those nostalgic moments too and you got to give them equal measure and yeah. good balance with yeah. uh, i've got my older kids uh 25 24 and 20 and nice. they are just not really that concerned about surfing but they all did get a chance to experience it yep and you know they know what it's like to to slide down a green face, yeah. and yeah. I feel like my job is done. If they they want to do more than that, great. Yeah, yeah. And look, I got one. I got one out of three, and then I never wanted to be sort of that soccer dad. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who were the real soccer dads. When yeah. When it came to surfing, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be. And I thought oh, it'll happen organically. And then it yes, did. and then it didn't. <laughs> but then it did with my third. And it's also, even if none of your kids surfed, I think it's really healthy for them to see something that lights their dad up. You know. Yeah, that's true too. Good that's, point. Yeah, it's and it's you know it's not gambling or yeah something healthy being on the party train or whatever something healthy and wholesome. And, yeah, you know. It, it, in nature and yeah 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 there's real value there for sure yeah divinity of the ordinary that sounds like a title of an eighth field film (laughs) good point john it's a bit of i really like that it's a bit of a mouthful church of the open Uh, sky church of the open sky It's, it just, it's hilarious, it be... actually, naming a surf film is like naming a child. Yeah. You, that, oh, I bet. The, the agonizing, it's pretty funny, actually, in retrospect. Um, I do have a little, I, I, I feel like I've got, a, I've at least got a working title for the next film, but I'll just keep okay. it on the down low for now. Okay. Yeah, 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 mm. absolutely. Nice. Uh, hold, we'll, we'll hold the divinity of the ordinary on our uh, B list. That, I really do like that. I mean, it, that might be a quote from somebody or something, but it is fantastic, that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure I'm not the first to coin it. <laughs> it's great. I really enjoyed this chat. Thank you yeah, very well, much. Thank you. Yeah, and wh- yeah, whatever, sure you take your, time. whatever your next film uh, ends up being called, um, we look forward to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's been too long since we've had that, uh, like I said, that sort of ethereal, aesthetic, storytelling, you know, beautiful film from you. And so we're excited to see what you have coming next. And thank you. Yeah. Um, as Kevin said, we, sh- we certainly appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and oh, thank you. have a, a chat pleasure. and yeah. tell us a little bit about how uh, you got started and what you're doing and um, sharing those beautiful moments with River and so mm. yeah thank oh, you thank you both for having me on i love the podcast and the whole surf splendor network thing that david's got going on it's great been listening for years i'm a subscriber nice encourage nice. everyone out there to subscribe and support and um 
yeah, it's just lovely to be asked and to hang out with you guys. So awesome. Thank you. Awesome. And then Thanks, just, man. just really uh, in case anybody didn't catch it, you were saying Church of the Open Sky is now available. Um, yep. Oh, no, I, I, I keep saying iTunes, Apple TV. Now. Well, Apple TV. Yeah. So yeah. We encourage anybody that hasn't seen it to definitely go out and purchase it. It's a beautiful film and uh, just want to try to support your work as much as we can. Thank so. you. Yeah. And all my films are available on Vimeo, which is a little bit more of a clumsy platform. Better for filmmakers. Yeah. Um, it's come along quite a ways, I have to say. Yeah. Like the ability to go to your library now on the Apple TV within yep. Vimeo yep. is has come a long way. And so if you use that device or if you have a standard smart TV, usually a Vimeo app is available. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. Put a little more money in your pocket, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, keep up the good work because uh, I'm seriously benefiting from it. I, this conversation has kind of like made me rethink how busy I want to be in the next 10 to 15 years of my life. I need to slow down a little. I might. Uh, do you have any houses for sale right around you? <laughs> yeah, they're kind of expensive. Yeah. Luckily, um, I bet I got in 10 years ago before the crazy. There you year. go. Good stuff, man. I got to visit at some point, John. You're yeah, Byron. You're Bay killing is, me, brother. Byron Bay is doing the same thing that Newsom is doing right now, but just probably with another comma. <laughs> mm. Oh wow! Yeah, mm. yeah, it's crazy, but it is. I mean, I see why. It's just a. It's a stunningly beautiful place. Mm. Um, if you're a surfer, there's not really too many other places on earth that are going to rival this. Um, for first world amenities coupled yeah. with wide open spaces. That's Kevin, that's one of the things that shocks me the most is the amount of undeveloped land here is fantastic. It, yeah. it it's it's restored my faith in humanity a little bit, not to be corny, but yeah. um you know, I did live in southern California and it, it it's beautiful, but it's it's almost kind of a spoiled beauty because mm. you're like, "Oh, I can Imagine what that would have looked like mm. 30 years ago. Mm. But now there's a building, there's concrete everywhere. There's a building on every square inch. And um, mm. it, it would be, I reckon it would be like going to Santa Barbara, you know, 50, 60 years ago and just seeing avocado ranches and, mm. you know, horse farms and cattle and yeah, the mission and those yeah. sort of things. And it, that's what it feels like here now. And and it's funny because some of the people I've talked to, um, Taylor and Emmy and mm. Taylor's dad, Rusty, has been here, you know, for a long time and has seen it. But, gosh, they've done a really good job protecting it um, yeah. because we, we have all these places in the States that haven't been protected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it really is a phenomenal yeah, place. Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's all, I, I feel like places like this always need um, – we've always got to be on alert because – Someone always, you know, the the next developer is always going to come in and yeah, want a piece of the pie. And also, we can be, you see, all the beautiful green roll, rolling hills and the cattle, and you can be tricked into thinking it's actually, it's, but it's not what it's meant to look like. It's all being clear felled and yeah, um, right where we are. This was one of the wonders of the world. They called it the Big Scrub. It was all swamp land and the earliest sort of European explorers, um, when they documented sort of this zone where we're at right now, 
um, spoke about teaming wildlife, bird life, um, the beautiful fig trees we see out in the hills now, they're really the sort of the grandchildren and the great-great-grandchildren of these massive um, figs that aren't around anymore and and uh, it was all this whole zone was clear felled for cedar. It was like red gold back in the day, yeah. you know, ah. 150 years ago. Um, and of course, the land belonged to other people before um, white folk came here and stole it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, right where we are at the moment is is Bundjalung country, very special place. Um, definitely deserves our um, respect and care. Um, and I think it's always good to acknowledge that it it belonged to somebody else. It was never ceded. Um, but it's so beautiful, so magic. Yeah. Like this morning we're yeah. out, out there, just us in the water, dolphins. Yeah. Dolphins swimming around. That's cool. And if you see, I know Ishka, you guys surfed with Ishka yesterday, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we saw Ish in the water, and and then he's he, recognizing those lands in his movies too, like taking a moment to say thank you and yeah, right. yeah, and it's great. Like you surf those sort of spots enough, you start to recognize the dolphins, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, this wow. old stump. He's got this kind of crooked fin. I saw, right. I saw you yesterday. He's probably <laughs> no kidding. You know, and then you bump into human friends that you recognise, like Ishka, and um, sure is beautiful to be alive. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it, Nathan. Good on you, Kevin. Thanks for making the time. You can go and have dinner. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I'm gonna go eat some food. Go get some food. Pal. Midnight snack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll eat on the way home. I'll figure it out. I got to drive an hour, so. Oh, good on you. Uh, Thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife's in bed already. Probably wouldn't get to see her. Um, so I, I like to put in a couple long days here over at Atlantic Center and then spend three days working from my home and, you know, yep. get the benefit of seeing the kids and stuff more often, it seems like. Good stuff. So, yeah, right on, guys. Right we'll on, see man. you later. Yeah, we'll we'll sign off and let you get, you get to it. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you later, Kev. I hope you hit the record button. That's all I can say. Yep, it's lit up red. I got it. <laughs> Wait, red or green? It's red. It's green it's when it's red. ready. It's red when it's. Oh, okay, all right. I almost had a heart attack. I can <laughs> see that. I can see the timer counting down. So you're good. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I, all right, I'm, thanks, I'm guys. looking at it. I can confess. All right, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh man, what a pleasure to talk to Nathan and um, the guy. I know we talk about it in the episode about the divinity of the ordinary, but um, the guy just really seems to like get the most out of every day. Just out of the everyday things. Yeah, he does. I was very relaxed at the end of the conversation. I wanted to reassess my life and yeah. what I was doing with my day-to-day uh, rat race. And yeah. he's inspiring, too. There's no rat race in that guy's life. I know, man. What What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Can he be my life coach? <laughs> yeah, there okay. you go. That'd All be right. a new uh, revenue stream for him.
You get yeah. out of teaching. Exactly. Well, it's, it's a form of teaching. It is. I need, I need a new <laughs> life coach. Um, uh, you're, you're inspiring too. Great trip. It sounds like you had, and, uh, what a wonderful time. I want to hear more about it in the water when we're just hanging out, um, getting some ways. But in the meantime, let's get this podcast out to you guys. Thank you to our sponsors, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Monster energy, of course, our presenting sponsor and, uh, the Florida surf film festival. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, yeah, a whole host of others. Rourke, Apparel, Globe, Footwear. Josh Wagner, the, the lawyer law, dude. The lawyer dude, yes. Sunbum uh, came on this year yes. on board and uh, really appreciative of their support. The festival doesn't happen without these folks. Protect your bum. Yeah. yeah and, and everything them. else, too. Yeah. Oh, big life event. I'm, uh, I've am i transitioned out of Atlantic Center for the Arts as their accounting person. And moving on to other You're an accountant? clients. I, I just wanted to drop that in. <laughs> uh, I am an accountant. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be helping out a friend and uh, also uh, picking up some new clients. And uh, just, I don't know, I'm having too much fun with the festival right now, too. So Yeah, well, congratulations on 13 years, I yeah. believe it is, with ACA and all the, all the good work you did with them. They're, they're a better organization for having you. Thank and, you. And, um, yeah, you did some amazing things there. And so I just... I want to say congrats. Happy to leave them in great shape with uh, a great team over there. It seems like uh, things are just clicking on all cylinders. It's, it's been a pleasure. And training the transition folks in there has been fun just to, you know, go through everything that I've set up. I'm proud of it. I did a good job, and uh, yeah. I'm happy to leave it, you know, and move on now. So awesome. things are and, good. And speaking of ACA, we'll be right back there in June for our week-long residency with Taylor Steele, our filmmaking residency. And then uh, culminating in our June event, Father's Day weekend, like we always do, 16th and 17th. We'll be showing some great movies. So if you're in the area, definitely come check it out. Yeah, it makes a good Father's Day present. Absolutely. Yeah, those tickets. All right. All right. Have a good one, everybody. And thanks for listening. Cheers.